Welcome to the Big Fat Gay Podcast, where we talk about the things that are weighing on our minds. Bonne fête nationale française! Yay! Yay. Just sweet Trevor Kizan. <laughs> um, yeah, um, it's Bastille Day when this comes out, um, which is a very weirdly, special. It's a weirdly big thing in my family, and especially uh, given that you're not French. Yeah, I thought we were French, um, <laughs> and it turns out we're not. But like, weirdly, very intense uh, Bastille Day celebration. Fra- very francophilic family. Yes. Um, <laughs> One one French CD that lasted twenty something years. Damn, <laughs> that would only be brought out for Bastille Day. Mm. Oh wow! Um, Thank God it's worth. What What was the connection? Like, why was it such a big deal? I th- I, I don't Francophilia, know. Really, that's wine. He <laughs> <laughs> um, really liked croissants. Yeah, it's uh, it's very strange. I I don't the, know the, why that was the gushing red punch bowl of blood gushing down the entryway. Yes. Maybe that. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> bring out the, the life size right replica <laughs> of the guillotine <laughs> and cut up some watermelon. Oh, and, and the and the and the stories for the children really special. Yeah, I'm just imagining like the shining elevator opening in slow motion, <laughs> and like the blood comes out, but then Trevor's aunt is standing there with like a, a cake in her hand. <laughs> <laughs> canapes, darling, canapes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my name is Michael. I am a chaser. And while I don't know a lick of French, uh, my boyfriend, Michael, once told me that I had a dream where I was sleep talking completely in fluent, what seemed to be fluent French. <laughs> I don't know why or how. So you were, you, you were, you were sleep talking. I was sleep talking in French. I don't know French. Mm. I couldn't tell you why that or is or how. do you? <laughs> well, exactly. It's, I mean, I, and the thing is, I think it might've been one of those, like every French word I do know that everyone knows, like we, you know, like just laid out oui, in a row, like fondue. a nonsensical <laughs> row of words. Marzipan. Um, my chance. <laughs> Ballet. <laughs> hey, I am Don Marshall. I am a big chubby guy living here in sunny Hollywood. And today I'm I'm just craving a croissant now with all this French talk. Mm. Oh my. I want a croissant. croissant. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds delicious. Uh, my name is Dan Oliverio. I'm an author, public speaker, and chubby chaser. And uh, I know I like your croissant idea. In fact, uh, we may do that. Okay, croissants may afterwards, we. everybody. <laughs> we may. We, we, we. <laughs> Welcome to the show, everybody. Um, all right, well, let's dive right in. I believe we have uh, a very, very helpful mailbag today. Yeah, yeah. cue that. Yay, there it is. <laughs> I'm one right step ahead of you. <laughs> doom, doom, doom. Today's mailbag is from our listener named Judd. And Judd writes, Today's episode about traveling was excellent. That would However, be last week's episode. <laughs> one point I recommend making is that when requesting a hotel room with an accessible bathroom, they should definitely make sure to reiterate they want a walk-in or roll-in shower. Mm. I've had multiple hotels pride themselves on being ADA compliant because they put in rails in the tub. Technically, that constitutes accessible. However, they fail to understand the rails make it even worse because they take up a lot of space in a normal-sized tub, so you can't fit. Also, the tubs are also fiberglass, which I'm loath to admit I have cracked on more than one occasion. So mm. I have huge anxiety about bathrooms. Also, toilets too close to the wall are problematic if your legs are large and have to go around the bowl. Mm. Regarding the psychological damage caused by mag- magnet mouths and jaw wiring, yeah. it reminded me of the conversion therapy used to try to alter one's sexuality. 100%. Both, mm. uh, both practices should be banned. And I'm loving the show. Thank, Thank you, you, Judd. Thank, Thank you. you. Yay. Yeah, I think those are really, really solid tips. And I think it just feeds into that overall sort of lesson of like planning ahead. And like this just helps you sort of check down the list of questions you should ask 
when you're sort of coming up with your travel. The toilet thing you mentioned is definitely one of my big things because I'm hippie, right? I've got a lot going on downstairs. So uh, it, when they put that bathroom next to the wall and then they cuddle up the mm-hmm. sink next to it, mm-hmm. I'm ready to kill a bitch. Yeah, yeah, just like I'm ready to kill someone. Yeah. 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 Very, very good. Very valid tips. And I, I don't think I would have thought of because I would have assumed that having railings would have just been helpful regardless, no. but yeah, taking up the space. Yeah. That well, because what they do is they take a tiny fiberglass tub, like he says, and then they mm-hmm. slap railings around the edge. So it's even it's smaller compliant. to stand in. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, thank you, Judd. Um, we appreciate you listening and writing in. Um, we have, uh, whew, are we starting with the bad one or the good one today? <laughs> I think the bad one. Okay. All right. We'll, we'll start low <laughs> and lift you up. Yes. Um, so there was an article in refinery 29 and it was, um, a woman talking about her images being stolen by before and after weight loss ads. Yeah. And it's interesting. I'd seen one of her TikToks talking about this, but she chronicles basically discovering that her pictures, um, and I think even some video because tick, because TikTok um, mm-hmm. were being used to sell things like laxative teas and other weight loss products. Yeah. And um, I'm unclear if this is in all of the cases or just, one particular case where um, they took picture, they went, they dug through her Instagram yeah. mm-hmm. and took pictures from when she was thinner and suffering from an eating disorder yeah, and used that as the after and took pictures of her fat and happy. Um, that was the weirdest thing to me is like, she's clearly happier in the before, the before quote unquote in this ad. But how and can you, but how can she it, be Trevor? She's and, fat. Um, it, it's just a very unpleasant situation. It's, it's uh, horrible. It is. And I think the thing that I look, I'm, I'm hesitant to say shocked because I don't think much shocks me anymore, but definitely the thing that surprised me was, so the person did the interview with um, the woman whose name is uh, Marie Southern Espina, Espina, Espina. Um, uh, but the woman who did the interview also has about 20,000 followers on Instagram. I think it was Instagram or Twitter and polled those people who tend to be in the sort of fat positive world mm-hmm. um, to see if this had happened to them or people they knew. And she, she said that the response was overwhelmingly in the affirmative. Like this is not as uncommon as you would want it to be. And it mm-hmm. seems to be actually a fairly common practice. And the woman that she talked to Marie had apparently like reached out to one of these companies saying like, Hey, you've used my image. This is not okay. Um, and they showed her, I guess, as a way of saying like, this is what we do. I don't know. They no, showed they, her like a catalog. Of they showed other her the people. catalog of pictures that they use. And they, and they said to her, so if you want to contact any of these people and see if it's okay that we use their likeness, you go ahead and do that. Right. And she was like, fuck <laughs> you, do your job. <laughs> like, no, I'm not doing that. That is crazy. Yeah, Insane. Well, and you know, I think part of the article is, I think the person who wrote the article contacted the advertising council about the problem. And the woman, I, I don't think she's lying, said, you know, well, you know, we never hear about this. Yeah. And I think that's true because I think people just suffer, suffer the, 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 whatever it is. Slings and arrows. Yeah. And then it just, they just hope it goes away or they, if they get really angry, they say, take my picture down and the picture might go down, but the yeah. damage is already done. Yeah. But yeah, I think, I think we need to drastically report this more. Absolutely. Yeah. And the thing that kind of, again, I hate to say shocks, but the thing that really gets me about it is, I mean, that's, that's theft of image. Like you, you can't, do that. You can't mm-hmm. just take people's image and use it to sell your product, but they do because they can get away with it. Mm-hmm. Like that, this isn't legal. This is not okay. And the wor- the best that they've done 
is okay. Somebody writes in and maybe they'll go, okay, we'll take it down. Sorry. Well, like maybe yeah. you'll yeah, no, get that I, 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 comp- I completely agree with you, but it also makes me wonder about all the creeper sites and uh, uh, not YouTube, but like uh, Tumblr and all these places where they're just stealing people's pictures, mm-hmm. putting them up, mm-hmm. giving no credit or, I mean, cause I mean, some of the people they're stealing, like they have actual OnlyFans pages, mm-hmm. but they're, and, but what's funny is this. So there's a lot of, uh, a lot of sites and when I say sites, I kind of mean everything like t- Tumblr pages and things sure. where they will take, let's say a professional bodybuilder model and they will feature their photo, but they almost always give credit to the model. And mm. that never happens with fat models. I find it's mm. just, Oh, we saw this picture of just, oh, uh, that's of a, true. we mm. saw this person, yeah. of, we saw this picture of a fat person. We put it up and you know, if they want it gone, I guess they should contact us. Cause isn't it really their fault for appearing in public? Hmm. It's interesting. You talk about Tumblr. Because I know that I've seen like in terms of like chub, super chub stuff, pictures be taken for ads on Tumblr for like weird I, sites that I assume just you go to and they give you a, a computer virus. Gaysexcams.co.virus. Like <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's, I don't know. I think it's interesting because it's like invasive, but also I'm like, wow, like I, I don't know how they know that this is a market use ads for well if it makes you feel any better those kind of like spam ads <laughs> never have fat people in them so they never really apply to me <laughs> i'm like nope i'm not interested goodbye well, but, but they're trying to get you now apparently well apparently yeah apparently yeah i uh, those before and after ads like honestly the photo like okay if someone stole my image and used me as a before i'd be upset i'm not I, i'm not i'm i understand that this is a terrible thing but honestly, just the straight up existence of the interview before and afters where someone, they hire somebody to lose oh, weight. Yeah. Mm. They give them six months to gain weight. Yeah, exactly. And then they have them work out for two months to get rid of the weight, to get back to their original spot using their product. Mm-hmm. And then that person goes on and testifies that when they had that additional 15 pounds, <laughs> their life was hell. Everyone hated mm-hmm. them. I hated them self. And it's this testimony that it's not possible to be happy in mm-hmm. that prior body mm-hmm. that they're being paid to say. Yeah. You know, the thing that I want to really highlight about this too, before we move on is the, like, as Dan said, like the, the before and after, or no, Trevor said that like she, they, in her case, and I think it's happened in other people's case too. Like they used an after image of when she was suffering from anorexia. When she was sick. Yeah. When she was oh, literally God. sick, they used that as the after, like she lost all of the weight image. And so you get, sort of hit twice by being reminded of how awful being fat is and being reminded of your psychological and physical damage from that time mm-hmm. in your life. Well, and, and that's why it's so important to recognize that this is never, ever, ever about health. It's never about health. It's about, it's about prejudice. It's, a, it's about uh, body fascism. It's about trying to make people look a certain way because you think they should. And the health argument is absolutely, if it's in the background, it's, it's not to do with it. Because if you take someone at their sickest, and she talks about how, you know, I was at my sickest, and, and we've, had, we've talked about celebrities who did mm. this too, mm-hmm. where they were at their thinnest, and they are at their sickest, and they're getting nothing but compliments and adulation. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And she, internally, she feels awful, because she knows what, she knows that it was because of her suffering from this disorder that got her to be thin. Like, it's, that was a torturous experience for her, and yet she's getting all of this sort of congratulations from everybody in her life, yeah. and 
like that that alone is enough of a mind fuck. And then to have that broadcast and taken and displayed, a stolen. Like let's talk about the stolen part for a second. But then also just sent out into the world for people to look well, at in a manner that is telling them this this sicker version of you is preferable yeah. to the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you and, were better that way. Yeah. That's exactly what that says. Well, and the ultimate nail in the coffin is that is that usually then someone with thin privilege comes along and says, and I know how hard you worked. Uh, exactly. <laughs> which is so f- <laughs> fucked. Because I know how hard that is. No, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but, yeah. you know, there's some hope there as is. we move through. This is the point in Splash Mountain <laughs> where we've gone down through the brambles at the edge of the cliff and now mm-hmm. suddenly it's just okay now everyone's singing and dancing because Pinterest has banned weight loss ads. Yeah. Yeah, sort of. And yeah, sort of. <laughs> they they've banned the ads specifically. Um but let's talk about the good part of this first because okay. yeah. they are the first major social media network to do so. And yeah. I think that's worth pr- like that yeah. alone and specifically in response to the fact that um I think it was, uh, I forget the hotline, but the uh, eating disorder hotline, there's probably a national eating disorder uh, association. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, Reported that their calls over the last year have gone up 41%, Mm -hmm. like just an absurd leap uh, since the pandemic started. And in response to the fact that this is becoming, I mean, let's be honest, like has already been a serious issue, but is now much more visibly. So Pinterest said, Hey, we're done with this. We're not allowing any weight loss related ads, fitness ads. Now, Dan is over here cringing because uh, they are not going to apply that. Well, con- to- yeah, it is actually not true. It is not that they are banning weight loss ads. They are simply not accepting money from advertisers who promote weight right. loss. Right. So there are user generated of- content is not yeah. being. Exactly. And I, I went through and just for fun, I went through and flagged about half a dozen of these and they run the gamut from again, weight loss tea to uh, you know, isn't it wonderful? This ad campaign in, in Georgia, this, this PSA mm-hmm. that's, you know, trying to extinguish fat children. What a great marketing campaign. And they're celebrating that as part of a page that's yeah. all about great marketing campaigns. And this is user generated content. So it's not going to be Absolutely. policed the same mm-hmm. way. Now, like, I mean, if I'm going to put this in the category of it's something, yes, right? Like this is <laughs> yeah. this because it's a very public step forward. Like yes. I think, you know, it would be one thing to just like quietly say, oh, we're not going to do like, we don't want to make a big fuss, but we're just going to stop. Like they're making a statement out of it. Yes, they probably could do a lot more, but then you start to get into like, I don't know, like how feasible it's, is it's it to actually. Step. It is, it is, but I just, step. I just want to be the person who says that all this really means is that they weren't getting much ad revenue from weight loss ads because people were posting them for free. I don't know that that's true. Oh, I mean, look at, look at Pinterest. It is riddled with face loss, well, and with uh, weight loss ads. Yeah, as, but we don't know. No, no well, you're saying user generated. Yes. Yeah. Well, Weight because loss they, content. What, content. What, what, yeah. So let's say, let's say I have a we diet. Gotta, well, we got to distinguish, distinguish yeah. our language here first, because when you say ad, what you're talking about is a, is a pin that somebody's uploaded that looks like an ad. No, click it is us, an ad. Click us here. We'll no. give, you give us money. We will help you lose yeah. weight. Yeah. But that's not what Pinterest, like that's not a Pinterest ad. Correct. Where somebody paid to have it shown on Pinterest. So what that means is they weren't getting any money from that because people do it for free. What I'm saying is we don't know that at all. Like they, they actually did have ads that people yeah. paid for and those are being blocked. We don't know how much money I, they did I think didn't make what, from that. Yeah. And it's saying, especially cause like I, I use Pinterest a good amount. It's my wind down social media. 
Because it's just like, I can just look at recipes and I'll pin them and I'll never make them. <laughs> um, but uh, Pinterest's algorithm is very aggressive. Yes. So that, well, there are not, ad, like the, the official paid ads, a company that is selling teas can have their board, you know, that they're putting stuff on their, you know, these tummy tea companies will have a Pinterest board where they'll put content up which people can pin to their boards. And then if they pin that, it'll kind of skew their algorithm to all weight loss stuff and a varying degrees of, I don't know, um, yeah. severity. And my point is you'd have to be an idiot to pay Pinterest to take your advertising when you could give it to them for free. Yeah, no, that's fine. I mean, I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with the fact that there's clearly many ways around this. And the article addresses that at the yeah, end. Yeah. They say like, so, and specifically like social yeah. media influencers are very but, clever about being subversive and getting that kind of messaging into. But removing the, the paid content from the actual algorithm. Yes. That is going to cut down the amount of stuff mm -hmm. you see because they're literally channeling addition, channeling additional weight loss advertising at you mm -hmm. under that old system. Now, if you go to a place where it is, you're going to get it as opposed to it coming and finding you. That's a big deal. Right. Well, but as Trevor points out, their algorithm is about targeting content, not necessarily advertising. Right. And so my, again, like this is never going to be a simple issue, but the, the next step is to have someone or something start actually going through Pinterest pins and figuring out what qualifies as weight loss content or something that might be damaging to people who are struggling and with those issues like that. They have certainly hundreds of millions, if not billions of pins. Yeah. Like and they, how would like, they how have do, you do that worked to crack down on damaging stuff like anti-vaxxer stuff, mm -hmm. um, stuff with that whole, I don't really know how to describe it other than like people making their uh, autistic children drink bleach <gasps> as like, yeah, it's there's a whole lot of bonkers um, mommy health stuff. Holy crap. Um, that is on Facebook. And Bleach is just like Instagram. the miracle drug. It cures <laughs> yeah, anything. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to go down this rabbit hole. Um, <laughs> people who are listening who are like, what the fuck? You can find this yourself. But <laughs> do Pinterest easily. has worked. They have done a lot of work. So it, this is a solid. It's something which maybe we need a, 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 little, a little musical like, key for. Like the more you know or something. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll think on it. Um. um <sighs> anyway, it's something. Da, 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 da. Um, <laughs> but let's get on. Let's just power through. It's yeah. Oh my it's god, that much. <laughs> 2021. Um, happy Disability Pride Month. Yay. Um, I didn't realize um it was that time of year until um I I saw a couple of posts on social media, but I also saw this article. It is from a college newspaper, uh the Alestal is the name of the publication. Mm -hmm. um, and it's the, the article is the body positive movement needs to confront its ableism. Yeah. Um, so this was something that I will admit hadn't, I don't know. And I think this is part of the problem, but it hadn't come. It just hadn't occurred to me. hadn't come across my radar. The idea that, so if, if you look at body positive and, and the sort of the way that it's promoted, it's this frequently, it's the idea that, Oh, your body is perfect the way that it works or the way that it is like, and it's represented in a lot of ways. It's like, oh, it's a fat person like doing a hike. Yeah. And like you can break your image of, of what healthy looks like, but it's oftentimes represented in a way that is 
you know, ableist or exclusive yeah. against people who it is are disabled. stating I am able in the way that you don't think I am. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and very, that makes me valid. And the thing that really hit home for me was it's the idea that your body is healthy if it works. Yes. Yeah. And, or if it works in this way. And as sort of juxtaposed against like what fat people are told, which is your body is healthy if it's thin. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. that same, it's like that direct comparison. And so broadening your perception of how body positivity can be all inclusive. Yeah, I, I have a little bit of a different take on this because it intersects with so many things. It's, it's. I mean, I completely agree with it, with the sentiment here, but it, it has a lot of, it spills over into a lot of really important areas. For example, the idea that, you know, it's okay to be fat if you're healthy, mm. but if you're not healthy, well then, you know, what the fuck are you doing? So mm. that it's, it's, it's very much what I agree with fundamentally when we talk about body positivity is very often it's presented as, well, it's okay that I'm fat because I'm healthy as mm-hmm. opposed to it's okay. It's okay that I'm fat because it's okay that I'm fat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it just being, yeah. being yeah. a priori so that there's, there's always this thing in the background because what goes along with healthism and what goes along with, with fat oppression is this idea of, well, who's to blame? Cause if you're <laughs> yeah. sick and it's not your fault, well, then we have sympathy, but if you're sick and it is your fault, like for example, cause we think, you know, you're fat and therefore you shouldn't be, then you have to change. Then it's your fault. Then you don't deserve. Then we have a right to hate you. And it's very similar to what you get with gay acceptance. Like for a long time, people in the, in in the gay movement, it was, it's okay to be gay because I can't help it. It's okay to be gay because it's not a choice. Mm. And then, and because if it was a choice, well, then I should just stop it. And I, I mean, I said this a couple episodes ago, but I, I think it's good that, um, these conversations are starting to happen within kind of the fat acceptance movement of not using the like, well, my blood works great because mm. that's not the point. And we shouldn't mm-hmm. have to say that. And it shouldn't be your blood work is no one's business other than your own. And, you know, your doctors and anyone you choose to share it with. Yeah. Or, or the idea like you go home for the holidays and, you know, your family's giving you grief about your weight and your defense is, well, you know, the doctor says I'm healthy. Like mm-hmm. that's yeah. yes, that's mm-hmm. great. And that's not the point. Sure. I think also, um, I mean, part of the, you know, this, um, this year of fat watch last year was Lizzo, last year was Lizzo. This year is also kind of lo- like focusing on looking at the intersections of fatness and other identities. And I think it's important to kind of put a uh, disability pride month on people's radars because it's something that really is not acknowledged. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think especially within different marginalized communities, it's something where it's on the, the outskirts of it. And just like, yeah. I th- you know, we talk a lot about on the podcast about accommodating your fat friends, but also I think just creating an awareness for allies about thinking about your friends and what's, what works for them. What are they capable of in just a, like, I don't know, the same way that if you're having a dinner party and you have a friend who's vegan, like, Oh, you know, I should have, I need like I'm, that you, that's something that you think about. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think just thinking about people in your life and what they're, able to do and whatnot is something just as people should work on. Which is a, a perfect segue. Um, what would you like to talk about, Michael? Yeah. So <laughs> it seems uh, like there's something weighing on your mind. <laughs> this is a very apt uh, reference to our opening tagline. So for the 4th of July, uh, my family, my immediate family came into town to visit. This is my, uh, so I live with my younger sister and her husband and then my older sister and, and her husband and my mom and my stepdad. So they all came to town, um, a couple of them stayed with us, a couple of them stayed at a hotel, but it was a big sort of family get together. And the sort of headline here is that Michael, my boyfriend has been staying with me here and is meeting most of my family for the first time. 
And so, you know, I've, of course, introduced other past boyfriends that I've had. And so they're very familiar with, you know, I guess being, being chaser, although I don't think I put that word to it up until about a year and a half ago when we started the podcast, like yeah, that was yeah. sort of me officially coming out, um, which has been amazing. And so for me, it was the, the next sort of version of introducing somebody to my family. Like how, how much further along do I feel like I've come since the last time I've done this, which was a solid five or six years ago. Mm -hmm. um, introducing your family to somebody, to somebody in my life who I'm dating. Yes. So more than just the introduction though, it's also this dynamic, which is very stressful, which is that in my family, specifically with my sisters, and I, 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 let's just start with, I absolutely love my family dearly. They're, I'm very close with them. And so a lot of these issues are just the issues and I don't want to like assign blame, but my sisters love to like plan, like <laughs> all of these events, all of these places to go, all of these museums to see, all of these hikes to do, all of these restaurants to eat at, like tons of stuff. My, Again, I love my little sister. Absolutely love her. Um, she was coming up with options to do for this like five day visit. Um, she came up with 20 different things. Um, some of them including restaurants, but like here's a list of all the stuff we wanna do. And so in, in theory, that's fine, right? In theory, it's just, okay, these are mm -hmm. options. But the catch is that most of these things are not things that Michael is going to have the ability to do. Mm -hmm which is kind of how we got yeah. out of that, which like, that's, that's the catch here is like, what of these things can he do with us? And then of those things, what is it going to feel like when I know that for instance, my family was all people's my size, largely love to like rush from one thing to the next. Like they move mm -hmm. at a very high speed. And even like, I went on a walk with my mom and, and my stepdad and I was strolling along I was having to speed up to keep up with them and they don't even move as fast as my sisters go. <laughs> so like, I really, I move at a much slower pace than my family does. And of course the guy I'm with moves at a slower pace than I do. Mm -hmm. So all of these things kind of coalesced into one giant experience. And I have a number of points, but I just want to like throw to the room for a second and see if there are any immediate reactions before I, I have a, a list of stuff to go through. I mean, I, we were, you know, in planning this episode, we talked about this, that this is kind of um, revisiting light, uh, our second episode about dealing with family, mm -hmm. um, which I think is good because we're in a post-vaccination period because I, yeah. I don't like saying post-pandemic because there's still a pandemic. Yeah. And many people around, you know, we have a lot of listeners around the world, around the world yeah. who uh, we're still very much in a pandemic, which, you know, America's like post-pandemic. Uh, po let's call it post-vax. Um, and even then for the people able to get a vaccination, it's yeah. a privilege um, associated with that. And we're all different mentally, emotionally, and physically than yeah. we were before mm -hmm. the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I know I physically, I have different stuff going on than I did then. And I'm navigating this. Okay. You know, not only navigating spaces like for my anxiety is different, but also just things are physically different mm -hmm. You mean because of your body or because of the world. Uh, my body, but I mean also the world just cause like, I am still like when I see, you know, the little markers on the floor, I'm like, okay, got to stay here. But like mm -hmm. people aren't really doing that, mm -hmm. but I feel like I should be and masking and yeah, you know, there's a lot I, to I, figure out. Yeah. It, there's a lot to figure out. And I think that's why it's good to kind of revisit this, especially in, uh, you know, people getting back together and really wanting to do a lot of stuff. Cause it's, we've met this, notion of we've missed out on time. Yes. I'm nice. thinking of this as sort of the one day at Disneyland period. Yes. Yeah. Where, <laughs> right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. You show exactly. up at Disneyland oh, and if you're a oh, tourist, yeah. 
you want to go on every goddamn mm-hmm. ride exactly of the one like day that. you have. And it turns it into a goddamn living hell. Yes. I did that when I was nine years old. I made a list of everything we were going on a Disney ride. And I made everybody stick to that schedule. And we, we hit everything. And someone had to go to the bathroom, but that wasn't on the list. <laughs> so we left them behind. Yeah, you, just, you just move the Jungle Cruise go, go, earlier go, go. and you'll be fine. <laughs> Why is that guy hanging off the edge of the boat? Don't. It's fine. It's fine. So the, the, the context is to go into this, and I think I may have said this in episode two, so I'll give a quick summary, is when, you know, the, the most recent time that I introduced somebody uh, that I was dating to my family before this, so five or six years ago, we, we did sort of a, a day trip to the zoo in DC, which I think we've mentioned is like mm-hmm. awful for a number of reasons. If you have any kind of, you know, uh, difficulty walking on like hills or over long distances. Um, and most of my family members, specifically my sisters and their husbands, just like sped ahead. Oh, yeah. And we constantly felt like we were having to like run to keep up. And it was, it was miles and miles of walking. It was just extremely stressful. It marred the whole day. It was, and it was a big miscommunication because yeah. my older sister thought we had had a lovely time. She genuinely thought it was a, a great day. And I think she thought that we lagged behind because we chose to go at our own pace when really we felt left behind. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's kind of what I was coming into this with. And so obviously I'm more, I guess, aware of what I need to communicate to mm-hmm. my family. And so that was helpful. Um, I, I think what you just said there is really super key mm-hmm. that, you know, are you being, cause even if you do negotiate it, there's still that tension of, mm-hmm. we want to be part of the group and they want you to be part of the group, but on whose terms? Ex- yeah, exactly. Like, do you, who, like what bar are you setting when it comes to the speed and the, like, and it's also not just like space, but also like, do we take breaks to like sit down and chat for a second. Like how mm-hmm. often do we do that? Is that going to make other people feel impatient? Um, specifically, um, my older sister's husband, uh, gets very impatient very quickly. Mm. And like, I have a good relationship with him and like, I don't want to rag on him. It's going to sound like that, but just for the purpose of the dis- this discussion, he gets very impatient. He walks very quickly. He doesn't like to waste time. Like it's that kind of feeling. Mm-hmm. Very, very purpose driven, very purpose driven, very, you know, so in planning all of these events, Julia was talking about all the stuff to do. And I eventually came, I talked to Michael about, it, I was like, I, some of this stuff is probably not stuff you're going to be able to do. You might not even want to do it if you can. Like, I just want to get on the same page with you because I'm going to have to talk to her about this and we're going to have to kind of try and navigate this together. Cause I don't necessarily know how to say these things. That's not going to either embarrass you or what we're, how we're going to handle it. Yeah. Mm. Um, and so basically he said, it was like, I don't mind if you'd like to say that, like, you can tell him the truth. Like, oh, like Michael's not going to be up for that. He might not be able to do that. Fine with that. Um, but when I had that conversation with Julia, it was, I felt uncomfortable at first, but she was like, oh, oh yeah, of course. Well, I mean, just let us know, like, what of these things can you do? Like, what will you be interested in? We, we don't have to do all the rest of the stuff. We can just focus on, and then that put me in an, an additional corner of like, oh, now I don't get the right of refusal mm-hmm. anymore. You got to come up with something. I ha- yeah, exactly. Um, oh, you mean I have to solve the problem I've created? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. And not that you've created a problem, but you know, you've, you've brought up an issue mm. and it's, it's, I, I don't think it's fair to like, you bring up an issue and then you make it their problem, their issue to solve. Mm. Right. You, you got to partner with that. And so that was fine. It actually went pretty well. And um, the nice thing was that as she was picking restaurants specifically, mm. because that was something that felt very very attainable in a very easy way, as long as we did it right. Like, let me look at the restaurant. Let me look at the pictures on Google. Let me make sure that Don 
turns his phone off. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then, you know, is it going to be a place that's going to be accommodating? And I also think about things like, where is the parking? How Mm -hmm. easy is the parking? Can we drop Mm -hmm. somebody off at the very front of the restaurant? Is, are the chairs good? You know, stuff that you just start to get used to doing when you're looking out for your guy. Yeah. And so she started to learn some of that stuff. But I think really specifically checking like the photos for, for chairs that were going to be comfortable. Yeah, yeah. Like it was that. And, and what I ran into was that we all went out to dinner to this one Indian place. <sighs> it was on Fairfax. It was right in the center of like, you know, that busy stretch of road right across from Cantor's mm-hmm. like oh, yeah. crazy neighborhood. Yeah. You can barely park, let alone stop. You can barely, exactly. Yeah. And so I was like, so I drove my class like, all right, I'm just going to drop you out front. Right. Like I'll go mm-hmm. circle for parking. Um, and he gets in. I'm the last one to arrive because I had to go find parking and everyone else is already sitting at the table, which is one of those fucking like four foot high bar. Oh, oh God. No. I hate yeah. And like the chairs are these really tall, like <sighs> bar slash. And they're already seated. So you got to dynamite them out of those chairs mm. to get something. This so there was nothing. Oh, shit. There was nothing. The only other option they had was that half booth mm. chair thing, but they but- were, they were small. There were, there were only two person seats. There wasn't, oh. we had an eight person group. Yeah. And so there were, there were literally not enough chairs. Which is why they put you at those tables in the first Which is place. why they put us, and the thing is the pictures online didn't show how tall they were. You just saw the tops of the chairs where it's like, oh, that looks sturdy. Yeah. So Michael ended up sort of like half sitting, half standing the whole time. Mm-hmm. And it was very uncomfortable. Um, but like, he's a trooper and like, we had a good time and basically, you know, just sort of powered through. But how do you avoid that? Yeah. How do you avoid that? And like, yeah. again, like she checked for it. She didn't know to check for a good parking situation, but I handled that on my own. Well, and I, I, I would submit that the parking situation is, is easy. I can't think of a place where dropping off is not possible. Even, yes. in the, even if you're going to a restaurant inside a mall, true. Yeah. Usually there's a way to there's a, drop off. a way to like circumvent most of that. The the parking thing, which is what we got to, was getting back to the car. Yeah, yeah. And so I asked Michael afterwards. I was like, "Are we like? Do you want me to go get the car and pick you up? What are you feeling?" And he's like, "No, I'll like try and walk with people, and we'll just be social." And so we ended up walking. And I'm of course flashing back to the trip through the DC Zoo, yep. where mm-hmm. everyone sped ahead. We're going up a hill. Um. And so like Michael and I are going at our own pace because it's just stupid not to do it that way. We're just going to do it our way. And I was stunned because everybody, like there was an intentional choice made to stay with us. Oh, good. And to go at our pace specifically. And again, like I'm blown away by this, but my older sister's husband who has that like purpose driven, like very impatient, he was he was the one out of all of us making sure to keep lockstep with Michael. Oh, sweet. Not just with me. Mm. And then like, you know, pointing out like, cause LA sidewalks are atrocious and there's always like cracks and divots and things that you mm-hmm. can trip on. And he was like pointing out places that were like going to be dangerous. <laughs> I was really t- touched. Like I was, it was so surprising, but it was also really thoughtful and nice. And I was like, wow, I, I, I'm impressed. I'm surprised. My, like, I did not expect that. I, I love that. I, I want to bring up our time at Roger's Gardens and the walking thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, so this has happened more than once, and it, it seems to happen, I don't know, it, 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 it tends to happen with you, I think, more than, more than other people I've been with. So I'm trying to accommodate Trevor's pace. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I'm slowing down. Mm-hmm. And Trevor notices I'm slowing down, so he slows down. 
<laughs> and I noticed he slowed down, so I slowed down. Pretty soon we're standing. <laughs> just yeah. stopped. And it happens within about five paces. <laughs> and, and, I'm, and I'm thinking, like, why you stopped? I'm thinking to myself, why you stopped? I know you hate standing. I know it's more comfortable for him to be moving, to be moving rather and, than stop And still. I am just like, because, and we had someone with us, which I think was throwing both mm-hmm. of us off. Mm. So I was just kind of like, Oh, like keep go. moving. Why do you keep moving? And I'm just trying to match his pace, but he's trying to match my pace, and we're in this awful feedback loop <laughs> until we are literally stock standing still. I can do yeah. anything slower than you can. And I mean, I think at one point, I think you're right, Trevor. I think if, if the other person hadn't been with us, I might have. I almost said, in fact, I thought, like, aren't you uncomfortable standing? Mm. Did I even say that? I don't think I did. And you did not. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to. I thought of that. Like, aren't you geez, standing a lot? But I but then silly me. I know my husband better than this. I thought, well, if he were uncomfortable standing, he would tell me. No, no, damn, no, damn. I know, Trevor, he will not do that. <laughs> That's what you would do. I was. I would do. Yeah. I, I, will, <laughs> I will say so. People that know me, you know, have known me a long time, know I was raised Catholic <laughs> and also know that there were times when, when you know, I was quietly, uh, we were watching a movie in art class um, and I was bleeding from the back of my neck and I was just sitting quietly uh, while my hand was filling with blood um, Trevor. and, you know, cupping, cupping blood in my hand and raising my hand, other hand. And <laughs> what? The, the teacher finally got mad that I was like raising my hand during a movie. Like, what? What is it? Like Trevor Kazan, what is it? And I just held up my bloody hand. <laughs> and then I was allowed to go to the nurse. Yeah. You see what I'm dealing with, people. You see what I'm dealing with. <laughs> so it is, I have learned that it is incumbent upon me to keep checking in. But then, mm-hmm. you know, then. Yeah. And then what's your favorite response to how are you doing, Trevor? I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> and I have learned to fine. grade the fines. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm fine. And I'm fine. And mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, the, I'm fine. I'm just fine. Yes, I'm fine. that I'm one. Fine. That's <laughs> the one I'm familiar with. The really short, like, it's I'm fine. fine. It's just fine. It's fine. Keep moving on. I'm fine. Just, just don't pay attention to me right now. Just try not to slip in the blood. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just saying, it's not all on one side here. Mm-hmm. Well, speak up for yourself. So yes, we, yes. we have in the past talked about, you know, how to do what you've done, which is talk to your family about the problem, address the issue, mm-hmm. try and get, you know, try and get the fix. Um, I, I don't remember if we, last time we talked about this, I, I think of this as the after step, right. Of affirmer, affirming the things they did right. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, did you talk to your brother-in-law about like what you did was awesome and I saw it and I want you to know, I appreciate it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, and thank you for that. I, I haven't yet. I did to my sisters. I did reach out to them and say, like, that was amazing. Thank you for being so accommodating. Um, I haven't said that to him yet. I probably should. It it sounds like he went out of his way to be really sweet yeah, and kind. And, mm-hmm. and you'd be surprised the affirmation to someone that you don't think needs it or someone you don't feel like you should. Mm-hmm. That can often mean a lot more to them. Well, mm-hmm. And often you know? I can say as an ally, we don't know if we did it right. True. Yeah. Very, very good point. You know? But like you specifically picked out this awesome thing he did, let him know he did something awesome. Yeah, I you should know? do that. Um, the, you know, there's there's with everything there's a hook and a crook, right? <laughs> the hook is the hook or is the carrot. It's the thing that you thank people for. The crook is when you beat them for doing something <laughs> wrong. If you're only the, a lot of people just believe in the carrot nowadays. That's fine. I believe in both. You need both. There's sure. a balance. You can sharpen yeah. a carrot to a fine point. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Get him with it. Uh, it's fine. 
<laughs> is that um, where you were bleeding in the back of your head? Back to class? <laughs> he scratched his head and he had a carrot in his hand. <laughs> um, so there, there are a handful of other moments and things, but, but by and large, um, he spent a lot of time here. And I was hoping that I say here, this is in my sort of house apartment. Um, and I was hoping that there would be more like hangout, like chill time here mm. so that we could all like, as a family, like just be social without having to have some kind of like mediating destination. activity. Mm-hmm. When I went on that walk with my mom and my stepdad, the, like I wanted to go on a walk with my mom. And so I was like, oh, hey, do you want to go walk? And she invited my stepdad, which is fine because I like them both. But as soon as we went out the door, he was like, okay, where are we going? Yeah. I'm like, uh, nowhere. We're just going around the block. I just want to stretch my legs, get some sun, go around the block, stro- stroll. But that's the kind of, that's the feeling. That's the attitude. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there wasn't a whole lot of hanging out here. The one time that uh, it was sort of a mixed bag, it was, it was a weird set of frustrations. So here's the setup. Fourth of July, we all hung out, cooked here, and that was great. Lovely time. And then the plan, again, so many plans, was to go to watch fireworks in Marina del Rey. Oh, my God. And I knew yeah. from the point that that was mentioned, that was never going to happen. No way. There's just no way. Like, the only way for that to happen. Our LA listeners can already know why. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like, the only way that's going to happen is if you show up the day before, yes. claim your space, and stay there. <laughs> or hire a helicopter. Or hire yeah. a helicopter. helicopter. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think Uber does that. So... <laughs> I already knew that was it, but it was fine because, of course, it's not going to happen and I wasn't going to try and force it. Um, that plane gets canceled. and But then it's like, okay, well, where are we going to go watch fireworks? Mm. And I'm like, at best, I'm like, well, we could just like drive down Mulholland Drive and kind of look out over the city and yeah, like catch the fireworks and mm-hmm. get the breeze going through. And that's nice. Um, and I suggested that. And uh, Max and Julia were like, oh, no, we found this really cool spot that's like an overlook that we can go to. And I'm like. I think any spot that you may have found yeah. is already going to be heavily occupied yeah. by other people. And they're like, no, 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 no. It's, it's very secluded. Like nobody's going to be there. And, like, <laughs> and they're like, it's in the Hills. <laughs> of course it is. It's in the Hills. And which is like for anybody who's not in or from LA, like these, the Hollywood Hills, these are like where very expensive mansions and houses are. They're tiny. They're steep. It's very like you don't get a view in the hills without living in a house yeah. in the hills. Yeah. Yeah. That's how they work. So I'm already suggesting I got cut off mm. and I was saying, Hey, we should just go drive down Mulholland and do like at Highland. You can like see downtown mm-hmm. LA. And yeah. I thought that'd be nice. Nope. So we get in the car and immediately it's like, I can't drive um, because my sister, my older sister, Lauren, this is not the one who suggested the trip. Uh, Lauren gets car sick in the back seat. So Julie's the one who suggested this trip. Lauren is just along for the ride. So it's me, Lauren, her husband, and Michael, all in one car, in my car. And then in the other car is Julie and Max, who are kind of like leading the way. And so I'm trying to give Lauren directions going through LA. Michael's in the front passenger seat next to her, and I'm just a ball of stress. Because now we're traveling together. She's driving my car. It's a tiny car already. Mm -hmm. Trevor knows this. Like, you have to cram in to get into that seat. Um, Fortunately, we we have made very good use of your seatbelt extender. (laughs) and we get to the hills and I'm sitting there like, God, please let my 2004 Honda Civic carry all of these people <laughs> <laughs> up through the hills. And he was fine. Um, we get to this spot in quotes and it's, it's just a street with palm trees and houses yep. blocking every direction because go figure, it's a neighborhood. It's a residential street. It's yeah. a ne- it's, and <laughs> so we're driving around trying to find the spot. And then we see Julian Max who have parked at one point and they are walking around the Hollywood Hills looking for the spot, the spot. Yeah. Oh. And so they're like, Oh, well we just parked here and we've been trying to find the spot. Like if you guys just park, it's like, and I'm sitting there like, no, 
that's not <laughs> not what we agreed to. Like, I thought we were going somewhere to get like either sit in the car and watch, or maybe get out and like sit in a bench where like did, was there some kind of overlook that you found? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm guessing you never found this mythical place because no. it doesn't exist. Yeah, no. Um, so there were two moments that kind of got me in a good way and a bad way. As we're still driving around, uh, my little sister's husband is in the car with us. Is like, oh well, let's just park here and we can walk up and. In, like, of course, in my head, I'm like, that's not an option. And again, so the confusion well, on where? your face. Mm -hmm. yeah. So in his mind, that's the solution. Like, that's what an able-bodied person would do. You just get out and walk. But that's not an option for us. Like, this is a steep hill with lots of, like, giant cracks in it. It's treacherous. Mm -hmm. um, and where are we going anyway, as Dan has pointed out? Yeah, I, I mean, that's the thing for me is, like, you, you even – even an able-bodied person, even if you were a, a, a rock climber, there is no destination in this scenario. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So what was nice about that was immediately my older sister's driving was like, no, we're going to find a place to park. It was, and there was a spot where the, the trees kind of cleared a bit and it didn't look like the right spot, but it was the only spot that was even remotely an option. And she was like, no, we're going to go drive right in front of there and park right there. And that's where we're going to go. And so- and she said that specifically because she was aware of the situation that we're not going to just be able to like walk up this hill. Okay, mm -hmm. good. And that was nice. So we get there and there's this whole, and then of course, you know, she parks too close to the curb because uh, she doesn't uh, know. And she parks too close to like a bush yeah, that's on the uh, passenger yeah. side. And so I'm like, no, 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 like there's not enough space here. Like pull, like, and there's this whole navigation that has to happen. Yeah. And, and, and on your end, I'm, sh I mean, you I would think that it's, you're just dreading this because it's like even more, you've got to correct people. Yeah. You've got to interfere mm -hmm. with people. You've got to- Like I could do these things if I were driving. Yeah, yeah, but exactly. But mm -hmm. it wouldn't be, actually, if I had been driving, I would have left. <laughs> I, to be perfectly honest- Well, there's nowhere to go anyway. Yeah. There was nowhere to go. So we get there and then like to walk up to this spot, it's only about 15, 20 feet, but it's in like a dirt patch with like, like um, what are those like grates that stick up like access panels to like pipes oh, underneath yeah. the ground. Oh yeah. Like it's like three inches off the dirt, but it's the middle of the night. Mm -hmm. And so like Michael almost tripped over that. And I'm just, I'm furious because I would never have allowed this to happen if I had known. Right. And I tried to intervene and I got cut off. And so I'm sitting there like fuming because all of us are standing there looking at this terrible, <laughs> like half view of the city from so far away that you can barely see anything. I'm like, this is no better than what we would have gotten driving down Mulholland Drive. And if we had done that, we would all be comfortable mm -hmm. and we would have had the windows down and it would have been fine. Yeah. I, I mean, part of this is the fact that you're dealing with a lot of people who don't know LA like you and I do. Yes. And yes. who don't understand the operating principles of LA, which is there is no public space. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Public space does not exist in Los Angeles and a fireworks display is either private or it's non-existent. Yeah, yeah. So there's that and they don't get that. They don't get And they're striving badly. And I didn't want to be him. the asshole to say, I know my town better than you. Yeah, you don't want to. Like, I know my town better than <laughs> you. <laughs> you know, and just the fact that they were making plans to go to Marina Del Rey to watch exactly. fireworks. Exactly. Like, it's like right there, there's a big red flag. And you know? if you're not from Los Angeles, this is basically saying like, no, I know a secret part of the White House lawn that no one else knows about. Right. Or like, oh no, yeah. we're just going to pop down to Times Square. It'll be fine. Like, we're just going to stand there with the crowd. See, like popping down to Times Square is more possible than people are like, oh, we're just going to pop over to Santa Monica like <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> um yeah so and the thing the the problem is that at the root of all of this like to get to the point that's relevant to the show the solution to all of these problems 
all of these problems for my, for my sisters and their husbands is always, we'll just get out and walk there. Yeah. yeah. We, uh, we can use our, our abled bodies to f- overcome any obstacle. We'll walk the two miles that it, we had to walk because there was no parking at Marina Del Rey and we had to park really far away. We'll just walk there. It'll be fine. And that's the thing that I feel like just never get, it never even could possibly be considered when somebody's planning an event for a group and they don't actually think about what people are able to do. Well, and, and I gotta say, it's, I understand why they have that disposition, like mm-hmm. that pre-existing. well, we'll just walk there. What do you mean? Yeah. We'll just walk there. Yeah. I mean, how far could it be a mile? Yeah. So. <laughs> and then it's five. Don't get me wrong. That's always how it comes up. It's like, oh, well, it'll just be a few blocks. And it's always like five miles. Yeah. <laughs> well, because in their world, that's the, that's kind of it's the same. Basically, and then, yeah, it's basically, yeah. And so part of it is they have no practice. And how I would bring this back into like our podcast world is I, you know, there are so many chasers, as Chubbs will tell you, there are so many chasers who will do the same thing because they date mm-hmm. so few Chubbs or Super Chubbs that they're, they just don't give it another thought. Yeah. They don't give it a thought like, oh, I'll pull right up to the curb. You'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, and, and it, you know, it's even taken me a while to like get, cause I'm on the driver's side. I'm not on the passenger side. So I can't always see when I'm pulling up. Mm. Like I can't see the curb. Yeah. I can tell if I'm pulling up next to a bush. That's stupid. Sure. But like, I've learned like coming here today, I, I dropped him off in the driveway space and then mm-hmm. pulled forward to park it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even though I could have just parked and let him out, but the, the height difference between the cars. So I'm saying that there's, there's kind of a practice issue as well as, cause if, if you don't have any super chubs in your life, this literally never comes up yeah. for that purpose. I mean, you might have other disabled people in your life if the super chub is disabled. And then there's the other side of it because being fat is such a stigma and being a fat person who can't do stuff is doubly stigmatizing because mm-hmm. the idea is that it's your fault. Sure. You've done it to yourself. Why mm-hmm. should I have sympathy for that? Mm-hmm. So then you're in that position like you like you worked out with Michael. Like, I, I don't want to embarrass you, but yeah. we need to talk mm-hmm. about like, this. How do we explain? Yeah, how do we explain this? Do you mm-hmm. say, I mean, I'm at a point, because I've worked it out with Trevor. I'm just like, no, uh, you know, my, my husband's too fat for that. We need to find another solution. Hmm. <laughs> and I think, I think you're fine with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, because it gets to the point as opposed to, I'm not sure that's going to work for us. Well, why is it not going to work? Well, there are certain things. What things? It, let's fast forward mm-hmm. and get to the solution. Sure. So the end result, because Julia felt terrible. Like, I don't want to say like she was completely oblivious. Like th- she was very aware that this plan had gone wrong and that it was not <laughs> ideal and that this was an issue. Like she's not dumb. She's very smart. The problem was I knew ahead of time. I mm-hmm. knew that this was going to happen. Yeah. And I'm kind of kicking myself for letting it happen. Like that's, that's the, the space that I was living in. I, I will say, I think the good thing is I feel like now this is a tally on your side. And I think also her <laughs> really. That's so Trevor. <laughs> well, no, but also just like, like she, has the ex, she has the experience now of like get like really getting how it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I think the, the hypothetical, there's the hypothetical, but then when someone really goes through that and gets it and it's their fault, mm-hmm. like then they get it. <laughs> yeah. So I would, I would like to sort of summarize all of this by saying Julia tried really hard to be accommodating. She just, as Dan says, didn't have practice. Mm-hmm. So she did try really hard and she doesn't have practice. And my family tends to not think through logistics. Generally speaking, generally speaking, by and large, it was a good visit. Like I, I feel like I got 
a much better sense of like the care and awareness that my family can be capable of. And I just want to put a giant caveat on all of this. This is, and I have very specifically made this my journey from my perspective in mm -hmm. retelling this. I, I, I'm not going to speak for Michael at all. Like this, he, he is somebody who can and will stand up for himself on his own. He doesn't need me for that. This is just my way of doing this. And, you know, obviously I had a conversation with him about it, but in retelling it very specifically from from my point of view. Well, I'm just curious since since you've mentioned it, obviously you've had this conversation with him. You, you've you've processed this in part with him at least. Mm -hmm. we're, we're not the first person to hear these stories, so I'm wondering like what is what is his uh, opinion attitude? I mean, he, so for as an example, um, they were walking out the door as we were getting home from something, and so in passing, it was like, oh, what'd you guys do? Oh, blah blah blah, and they're on their way to a museum, and. I had some work to do. And so I was like, oh no, I'm, I have work to do. Sorry. And then she, my little sister turned to Michael and was like, oh, do you want to come with us? Mm. And he's like, no, I don't have any interest in that. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. Mm -hmm. No, thanks. Nice. Yeah. I mean, that was it. So that, I think that was basically his approach to the, just the entire trip. Which can I just say Smart. works motherfucking works. It did. <laughs> Which, because a lot of people, a lot of our listeners um, would have had a huge thing about that. Like, Oh, I should say yes, but I don't want to say yes. What do mm. I do? What do I do? I'm trapped. Ah, yeah. And it, it, you know, it was fine. Um, I've got that FOMO thing. <laughs> I admit it. Yeah, I think I've got that FOMO thing. I think it helps that he was genuinely not interested in the thing that they were going to get. Yeah. Do, but really a lot guess. of people would not have said that anyway. Mm. True. Yes. Very true. You sort of get dragged into it just because of the pressure <laughs> of being social. Uh, yeah. Well, this has gone extremely long. <laughs> yeah. um, Good luck, future Michael. I'll have to do a, a number of edits, but. Good thing it's only Saturday <laughs> instead of Tuesday night. We have a tip. Yeah. We and and tip it's today. from your Michael. Yes, it is. So, in preparation for, I'm, I'm doing all the talking on this episode. <laughs> oh, I can talk. So, yeah, if you want to do um, it, I have points. I have bullet yes, points, but um, start it off. Michael's Michael uh, shared with us a <laughs> lovely website where he got a. Uh, a swimsuit for Big Bayou. Two swimsuits. And they, two swimsuits. Uh, we saw them. They are lovely. They're really nice, yeah. Um, the website is, uh, the designer's Patrick Allenwood. It's, I believe, just patrickallenwood.com. And they are lovely, um, sexy, colorful, um, awesome swimsuits. Mm -hmm. uh, and they go up to, it's 3X, which is um, 50 to 54, but he also will accommodate uh, larger sizes. And it says, I love this. It says right on the website that if you need a larger size, just email and ask. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so it, he is this person, I, I assume his name is Patrick, is the one making all of these suits yeah, he's, himself. He's a one-man shop, I think, um, yeah. Probably a one-man shop. He does, like we mentioned, custom orders. Michael's uh, was what he said was a 4X, 58 inches. And his concern with the suits because he got two was that, you know, even if the waist fit, that maybe the legs wouldn't quite fit right. Mm -hmm. um, and so he got them, tried them out. He was like, these are perfect. Like nice. they're stretchy, they're comfortable. They feel like quality. I actually ordered a pair just this morning from that website because oh, awesome. they, 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 they come in non-fat people sizes. They do. Mm -hmm. And what I loved about it was, again, it's the sizing. Like, Don, you've talked about how a lot of times, you know, an extra large is 34 yeah. <laughs> like it's ridiculous. What, what, what world, yeah. you, what, what planet are you on? No, I mean, so the sizing of, of small, medium, large is, is pretty consistent. What I was looking at was, okay, it is not cheap. No. On the other hand, there is no fat tax. There's mm -hmm. no fat tax. So exactly. I mean, like the larger size are not more expensive than the, than the They're smaller size. They're all the same size. price. They're all the same price. Um, and 
what I noticed is, yeah, it's a hefty price, but I got it. And, and a lot of people are like, oh, fat people clothing are, is always so expensive. Well, yes, but so is designer clothing. Like if I go out and mm -hmm. I buy like an Armani suit or a, or a, a Aussie bum suit, that is also top dollar. Mm -hmm. So if you're talking about a custom suit, you know, it's, it's not outrageous. Yeah. Is it going to be a little higher than you pay at Walmart? Oh, it's going to be a lot higher than you pay at Walmart. Yeah. But, well, you know, you're not getting Walmart. <laughs> what I like about this is so often, and this is, I don't know, a discussion happening in Fed activism, is Fed people clothing is not ethically made. Mm. It is, mm. you know, it, it's... Uh, I'm made by children thing. in Vietnam. Yeah. yeah. And this <laughs> and is... And you're paying more for it. <laughs> yeah. You're paying more. And, you know, I think this is very fair considering it is handmade you know, I hate saying like handmade in the USA because I feel like that kind of there's the fighter jets and eagle sound. <laughs> um, but I like that is like I like knowing that my clothing was ethically made and that like the money going to it is like that's because it was not made in a sweatshop. It mm -hmm. was, you know, it's uh, the, the he guy said he learned to swim, uh, make swimsuits when he was in the or learned to sew when he was in the circus. So, yeah, he's yeah. a former circus performer. Uh, mm -hmm. I think he's the own he's he's his own model. For the Simpsons. I think so, it yeah. says it on the website. Yeah, so so don't be put off by the fact that he's small and thin and looks gorgeous. But yeah, <laughs> because you're going to think because if you you know a fat person goes to this, or the last thing they're going to think is that these swimsuits yeah. would. It's fit a lot me. of very. Traditional I, I admit, I saw looks. the front page and I thought, oh, he must have sent the wrong link. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But but um, no, he uh, he actually is a former circus performer who was jealous of all the wonderful spangly custom made outfits that his female performers were able ah. to find and buy easily, but not him. Huh. So he started making his own. Oh, that's cool. Mm -hmm. That's actually. But crazy, kind of a crazy origin story. <laughs> That's why I've heard that it. story from a lot of bigger drag queens. too. Uh, yeah, yeah. And the, just to put a capper on it, um, as Dan mentioned, there's no fat tax. So the larger the size suit, it's all the same price. Mm -hmm. And in Michael's case, for one of the suits, uh, he had to make a new pattern for it. Did so, again, no extra charge. Literally just, what do you want? What size do you want? I'll make it for you. Same flat price for whatever the pattern is. So yeah, so if you need a suit, then in our case for for Big Bayou coming up uh, end of August, beginning mm -hmm. of September, Labor Day weekend, um, yeah, check it out. Mm -hmm. And and the only other thing is it does seem to be just him. So if he does get a huge influx of orders, maybe you know be patient. <laughs> <laughs> Order in advance. Yes. <laughs> well, having a, a nice discussion about swimsuits made me think, why don't we do a bit about bathing suits today? Oh, mm. let, let's us do, Don. Okay. Let's us stay. So I did a little did a little bit of a deep dive into the history of swimsuits. You did a deep dive into swimsuits? Yes, I did. <laughs> Where, where's my rim shot? <laughs> Hold on. Yay! <laughs> Continue. Um, and here's what I found. All right, multiple choice questions. Uh, which of the following was the most common material to make early bathing suits out of? Oh, no. <laughs> One, leather. Oh, God. Oh. Two, flannel. Chafing, the chafing. Three, silk, mm. or four, rubber? Ugh. I, I want to say leather or rubber. I think flannel. I want to go with flannel, but that sounds too disappointingly obvious. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say leather. Let's see if he says The leather. correct answer is, in fact, flannel. <gasps> Yay! Flannel and wool were two <laughs> of the most common ones. Yeah, yeah, uh, wool. Wool, I, I had heard of. Yeah. Ugh. And mm. it's such an interesting side, side note. They did start making rubber... Uh, swimsuits for women in the 1950s, uh, but and they're called like quartos or something. 
but they had the unfortunate side effect of basically slipping off their bodies when they got wet. <laughs> um, Maybe this was intentional. I was going to say. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that, that didn't work out so yeah. well. The earliest bathing suits were basically full body gowns. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. For women. Um, how did some women stop their skirts from floating up? <laughs> I, I just love that no man ever considered that was going to be a problem. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're going to do we're going to do full body gowns, and yeah, that'll work. <sighs> um, one, lead weights in the hem. Oh God! God. Two, sewing the hems to the socks of the uh, oh. of the swimsuit. Oh no! Physically having to hold down the skirts with their knees while swimming, or stirrups at the hem <laughs> that fit around the foot after they were in the water. Uh, well, I'm going to say weights. Lead weights? I think lead weights, but that almost sounds a little too obvious. I'm going to go with stirrups. Stirrups? Okay, uh, one stirrups, two weights. Yeah. The correct answer is lead weights Damn. in the hands. I'm two for two. <laughs> Martha Washington is a famous uh, user of that particular device. And yes, there were issues with it literally dragging women down to the bottom. God. So some early swimming yeah, actually the- just consisted of having a buoy with a rope going out to it oh that women wearing lead weights on their hems <laughs> would pull themselves along this the rope. So as swimming. Dumb. This is so dumb. Yeah. And so it completely <laughs> expected. The, the I mean, <laughs> technology was available at the time to get, make a garment for somebody that didn't require you to wear lead weights in water. <laughs> Yeah, but we're, come on. But number one, they were witches. Okay, And true. number two. <laughs> well, if they float, they're not a witch. Right, so. No, no, no. They they the if they weights. float, if they they're float, a witch. They're a witch. <laughs> if they sink, they're not a witch. They See? die either way. See? <laughs> All right. So necessity is the mother of invention. What is one of the reasons the iconic bikini came into existence? One, an elastic shortage. Two, mm. World War II rationing required manufacturers to conserve cloth. Three, Patriotism asked women to wear skimpy bathing suits to increase soldiers' morale. (laughs) Or four, an accident before a photo shoot shredded certain outfits requiring some last-minute tailoring. Huh. I'm going to say the cloth conservation. World War II rationing. I think think the patriotism one. I think they wanted to get the guys all horned up so they'd fight harder. Okay. Yeah, Patriotism, (laughs) we've got rationing. Well, the bikini comes in in the 50s, and it's it's part of the whole Polynesian thing, and... What would go along with that more than wartime stuff would be what Michael is talking about, that it's like getting people horned up or, or doing your civic duty for, I don't know what. The boys are coming back and we need some more kids uh, in the near future. <laughs> They're coming somewhere. Support right. our uh, troops by supporting your troops. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got two for patri- patriotism and one for rationing. The correct answer is, in fact, World War II rationing. Mm. Um, ba- the bathing suit manufacturers were asked to reduce the amount of cloth they used by 10%. So, so they reduced it by 50. They just, yeah, they just got rid of <laughs> They just went it. to town on it. And they um, sold it for twice as much. So there is one specific man whose name I did not write down who is credited as being the inventor of the bikini. What did the inventor of the bikini say a suit had to do to be considered a bikini? Mm. One, cover less than 10% of the body. Two, fit through a wedding ring. Oh. <laughs> Three, shock a priest. Oh. Or four, he said, you'd know bikini when you saw one. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say you'd know a bikini when you saw one just because that's, I don't know. I, I can see him. The obscenity like, test? But, yeah. Yeah, but on the other hand, I really like the wedding ring thing because I don't think Don would make that up. 
<laughs> I think I don't know if I should feel insulted. <laughs> I think Don came up with the answer for number four because of the MPAA psycho. We saw a breast, and then and then it was like, how do you? Because that's I, that's where that came from. I'm forgetting yeah. the whole story. I don't know that. Yeah, quote. the judge, the federal mm. judge. <laughs> you know that story. <laughs> um. Anyway, so I'm gonna say it has to fit through a wedding ring, even though that sounds ridiculous. Yeah. All right, two for rings and one for the, you'd know a bikini if you saw it. <laughs> <laughs> the correct answer is fit through a wedding ring. Yeah, I Ooh. win. I won a bit. <laughs> I don't know, Try. there's still one more. Oh. All right. Damn it. Well, this could potentially tie us up. The Speedo is the notorious male equivalent to the bikini now, though many places call it by different names. What is one of the names it is called in Australia? Uh-huh. <laughs> one, the koala cot. Two, the budgie smuggler. Three, the dingo den. <laughs> or four, the Tasmanian dangler. Oh, damn it. Uh, I was going to go for banana hammock. <laughs> I believe it is the budgie smuggler. You got one for budgie smuggler. I like budgie smuggler. I just love budgie smuggler, so I'm going to say budgie smuggler. <laughs> well, Smuggling I'm gonna, some budgies. I'm going to play tactically here and go for budgie smuggler, because then I win either way. <laughs> Michael gaming the system. The correct Finally. answer is, in fact, the budgie smuggler. Yay. Um, which I think we should move to call it everywhere in the yeah. world. Well, to, to be fair, Speedo is a brand name. It is not the generic form it's, of yeah. that budgie smuggler is. I just love that though. I read that and I'm like, okay, that was the origin of the entire bathing suit bit. I'm like, I just want to say budgie smuggler. Hey, <laughs> Michael, you have to press the drop, drop balloons for you. Press the button that drops the balloons. Uh, I don't think I have one for that. I have uh, what, is what is the sound of balloons dropping? I, is that a Zen koan? Thud, I, have, thud, 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 thud. I have to, so I do want to load up the board with a number of more extra sound effects. I think I have, yeah, I don't have a, a celebration sound effect yet. Well, let us know uh, what sounds you want on the board. Where can you tell us, me? <laughs> <laughs> well, we're on Instagram and Twitter as at Big Fat Gay Pod. We're on Facebook as the Big Fat Gay Podcast. Leave us five stars there. Leave us five stars on Podchaser or Apple iTunes, uh, <laughs> Apple Podcasts. And there's another one, right? There is somewhere new that you said. You said Podchaser already. Wasn't there another one? Nope. Okay, that's those. The drums are going. <laughs> so many drums. <laughs> so many drums. Uh, see the links to all the articles we talked about and the link to the swimsuit site at www.bigfatgaypod.com. Ah. <sighs> We're done. <laughs> uh, maybe you're um, stuffing stuffing some budgies in your swimsuit because you're getting ready to go to the pool at Big Bayou, and we're going to be there. Remember that? Yeah. I've got um, cages of budgies standing by. <laughs> uh, but you're uh, you're trying to find parking, <laughs> and the budgies are getting out. So. <laughs> Watch out. <laughs> <laughs>